Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Welcome along to the Wise Men Say podcast. And we have two games to talk about tonight. You'll be delighted to hear the 1-1 draw at Swansea and of course we'll talk about QPR as well a couple of guests with us as always I'm Stephen Gorseth Gareth Barker he is also and uh, James Hunter makes his return right for the Chronicle again nice to have you James seems like it's been ages nice to be back seems like a long time since that live pod yeah the live one it must have been a while before that for the studio it must have been mm. making his debut tonight we have another sports journalism student Jack Shales with us hello hiya good evening <laughs> all ready for your debut yeah yeah, hopefully it goes as well as the fours went the other way. Hmm. Yeah, I guess so. Well, he didn't score. He didn't, no, did he? I was going to say he didn't nah, score. He lifted, he lifted, nah, I lifted everybody though. That's that's the that's the plan. <laughs> Raise no. morale at the moment. At the moment, I don't feel very lifted. Uh, so you're going to have to, don't worry. You know, bring some better. <laughs> Raise your game. Yeah. Raise your game. Yeah. <laughs> we went for two. We went for two views. Two up front or something. There's not really an angle no, there. Yeah, yeah. A little bit laboured that year. Uh, <laughs> right, James. Um, a bit cliched, but any away point in the Premier League, you accept, right? When you're a team like Sunderland, yeah, definitely. Um, myself and one of the um, chaps at Sunderland, Rob Mason, we have a running running gag every away game. I say, would you take a point? And Rob says, absolutely. Um, and he got his he got his wish down at Swansea. Obviously, you, you'd love to have three points, but to, to get a point against a, a top ten team, Swansea are, are, are a decent side, as, as we all know. Um, good football inside, so I think uh, on reflection, that's a, a, a good point for Sunderland. Particularly when you look that uh, uh, just one shot on target produces a, a goal. These are the games that Sunderland would almost certainly have lost, um, you know, before Jermaine Defoe arrived. Yeah, uh, it's a little bit disappointing, Jack. The, the fact that you you're a goal up, you never like to to concede those. But uh, as Jim said, you know, let's not get carried away because we beat Burnley last week. Go to Swansea, tough place to go. Happy? Uh, I think so. Yeah, considering when you look at our fixtures coming up recently, you know, and we've got teams around us at home where you'd expect to at least get three or at least a one again. Don't so get carried away. <laughs> <laughs> any any point away from home, they keep it ticking along. You know, keep the scoreboard ticking along. Alvarez, Gareth, as he came to the party, eventually. Well, um, that's it, isn't it? Because you you, you can't ignore the f- you can't ignore the fact that he was he was brought to out of quality, wasn't it? And we've we've waited a while for it. Yeah, you, I mean, he played a similar role um, at, at Swansea as he did at uh, at Fulham. Um, I think he was probably a bit wider against Fulham, but um, I think you know he seemed to do. He seemed to be comfortable. And that's what you've been waiting for, I guess, some, for him to look comfortable in games rather than, you know, sort of s- struggling through them. Um, so as he gets more comfortable, hope you'll see his quality come out more often. And um, I think, obviously, you'll get on the QBR later, but I'd say that you've you've got to play him and Johnson in the team at Ooh, home well against we, QBR. We will come to that one later, actually. But James, with his performance, obviously, you were there. Um, he seemed to have a big presence. We, we, when he played against Leeds in the FA Cup, 
we were sort of complaining he was getting the ball too deep and he couldn't do a lot with it. However, now he's getting the ball deep and it doesn't seem to matter because he's taking big strides with the ball and carrying the ball well. Yeah, um, he's improved uh, massively. Um, he was fantastic at Fulham, uh, easily man of the match in you know in, in my book. Um, at Swansea, he was he didn't quite reach that standard, uh, but obviously obviously he wasn't playing against a Championship team. Um, so, but I still thought he, he didn't look out of place. Uh, he, he offered that creative spark that should have had a penalty. Should have had a penalty. I didn't think so at the time. Saw the replay on um, match of the day, like probably like everybody else did, and uh, and it was a lot. It looked a lot more of a penalty. Well, it, well, it was a penalty um, when you saw the replay, but at the time it looked like he'd made a lot of it, and I think that's probably what the referee thought too. Um, there weren't, if you look, there weren't many uh, protests from from his teammates. Uh, obviously, there were from the, from all the fans behind uh, behind the goal there at, uh, at Swansea. But uh, um, yeah, I was I was I was quite su- surprised when I saw the replay. It was a lot more of a penalty. Well, it was a penalty than uh, than it looked at the time at full I, speed. I didn't think it was. <laughs> you didn't think so? No, no. Well, even looking back now, you don't. No, no. Yeah. Really? Nah. Yeah, Gareth I... Barker puts himself alongside <laughs> Phil Dowd. Wow. I just think he's well in some similar in girth. Rather than height, <laughs> but, easy, uh, easy. Um, to fill down. <laughs> but uh, yeah, um, I just thought he went. It was a bit soft. Like I think I didn't really think there was much in the way of. He said he said he said in the wrong way, and he's, he's well, he's, he's fallen he's, over because he's seen the leg come out, and he it's yeah. it's one of those he's looking for a penalty. There's no way that that level of when you see. You know, just Gareth to do this. I'm just saying when you see people in the box throwing each other There's around, always one, and they don't they don't fall over or anything like that, and kicking each other and they don't fall over, and then someone brushes brushes your leg and you you know collapse completely. No, it's, I don't think it's just I just don't think it was a penalty. Um, I just don't think contact's a penalty, and that I think you would give it, you'd be given the penalty on contact um, if you. You know, he slipped. He slipped over a few times in the half as well. They weren't penalties. <laughs> um, but yeah, I don't know. I don't know. Not for me, Clive. <laughs> <laughs> well, staying on the negative front, James. Uh, disappointed with the way we conceded the goal. Uh, Quite soft. Yeah. But it just shows. I mean, it just shows, doesn't it? And again, this is really cliched. I don't start saying at this level and stuff like that. But if you do, if you do switch off. If you do switch off for a few seconds, you do get punished, don't you? Yeah, you do. Um, that uh, is a rotten thing to say, but it's right, isn't it? Uh, that's it. I mean, Swansea will look and, and, and say that uh, you know they were punished for the one shot on, on target that Sunderland had, and, and Sunderland were, can equally look and say that you know they switched off for a split second, and, and that's what cost, cost them. Um, obviously, it had to be key, didn't it? Of, yeah. of all, he was held a bit on the score, pitch. wasn't he? Yeah, he was held didn't get the first scoring. one, so he was making sure yeah. he was going to get the he's going to get it eventually. Trust him to try. Harder the second time. Did he round. celebrate? Did anyone know? Uh, he didn't know. He ran. He ran back to the halfway line, mm. carrying the ball. Oh yes, he giving did. Giving the arms yeah, raised. Yeah. yeah, but he, yeah. he, he wasn't uh, cock a hoop. He didn't. I he don't didn't, know. No problems with players doing that anyway. I, I'm all for it. Yeah, I, th- I think they should. I mean, that used to be half of the fun of it. When yeah. if you imagine, remember the days when. When uh, football stands had had fences in front of them, not that you'd like to go back to that, but the the sight of your your striker clinging onto the fence in front of the the fans and, and yeah. <laughs> giving giving it large used to, used to be one of the, the big things, isn't it? Especially against old club. Can you imagine someone like Don Hodgson not celebrating against one oh, of his I old clubs? Um, yeah, there's a few players who've probably got so many old clubs that if they scored a goal, then they could never celebrate. <laughs> Yeah. So there's probably a point where you just got to go off, got to celebrate now. I'll never get celebrated. Goal, Billy Sharp. I think he's won. Um, Craig Bellamy. 
Craig Bellamy, uh, Wayne Routledge. I think he had about 11, I think he had eleven clubs, and he before he scored a goal in the Premier League, some ridiculous like that. So we well, see he went the other way. He decided not to score <laughs> to yeah. try and not to offend yeah. anybody. But uh, yeah, I think he wouldn't it be nice if he tried as hard at the back end of last season. We uh, didn't need him in the end, so no, it worked. I'm glad the way things just were as worked out bet- as they did. Really, Swansea were a better team and all this. Now, I mean, yeah, he's come out and said that, and that's fine. Swansea are a better team than Sunderland. There's, there's no doubt about that. But I don't know. I just think you know, somebody who just reeks of modern footballer. In in my opinion, key the way he goes on. Like yeah, he was a great player for us for about four months. But some of the the stuff he. I mean, when he scored against Fulham, he like ran up to the crowd and he was doing this "I'm staying here, I'm no. staying here" gesture. Then he scored against. <laughs> Thing he scored against Man United the opening day of the season did exactly the same celebration. The Swansea fans, you know, he went missing during his time at Swansea for the same reason he went missing during his time at Sunderland when we needed him the most, and he disappeared off the face of the planet. And then he scores on the weekend, doesn't celebrate, but comes out and makes insulting comments about Sunderland. Like you know, I'd rather he, you know, I'd rather he went cartwheeling down the touchline after he scored against us and kept his gob shut. To be honest, <laughs> is there anything else you'd like to get off your chest, Gareth? another thing. Yeah. And another thing. <laughs> and and well, while I'm at it, and while I'm at it, <laughs> yeah, you got it. Stephen's not not heeding my warning for talking into that microphone. Yeah, another round, I was giving you a run. platform to do it. Yeah, I don't well, want to invade your space. Yeah, well, you're going to invade my space anytime. <laughs> <laughs> oh God, right, okay, um, James. Uh, you were at the game again, obviously. So tell me about Danny Graham's performance, his position. Where did he play? What, what was his? What were um, his roles? He was he was given a given a chance to to show that he could uh, uh, he could act as the the foil for Jermaine Defoe, and, and I thought he did a pretty good job of it. Uh, he, he certainly didn't look out of place. Um, he, did he come from the left, or was it two strikers? It was two strikers. Two, two strikers, basically. Um, I mean, Defoe was playing off him. Um, uh, you know, you know. I think uh, I think Gus's original idea was was to play um, Stephen Fletcher alongside Jermaine Defoe, um, but in the in the two games where they started together, it just didn't work. They didn't they didn't look right. Now, in their defence, or in Stephen Fletcher's defence, you can say, well, those were the two games where you played three five two, uh, and maybe it was the system that was that was uh, slightly slightly at fault. Um, but well, that, chan- that chance of Tottenham he got in the three five two mind. Yeah, should have buried that. Like. Yeah. yeah, true. Fair enough. Fair enough. I'm, but. Uh, um, you know, Danny Graham looked uh, looked pretty good. I think um, he, he certainly did, him, did himself no no harm whatsoever. Uh, I say on on that that basis, he, he certainly didn't look any worse than Stephen Fletcher has alongside the four. It's going to get to a point now, Jack, where it's going to be like George out the door all over again. Where, uh, Danny Graham, where everybody's sort of praising his work rate and his effort and his desire, but doing anything. You could do with the goal, yeah. Right? yeah, I think with Danny Graham, I think he is the type of player that will do the ugly side of the game quite well. You know, the chasing after people and the holding it up and you know backing into defenders and things like that. But sooner or later, as a striker, you are going to be judged on your goal record and the fact he's been. I know he hasn't played a lot of games. He's been shipped off on loan a couple of times, but for a striker to be at the club, sort of two seasons now two and a half years and not to have a goal to his name it's it's not great is it I think I think to, to be to be fair to Danny Graham um, this is this in, in, in my opinion aside from from probably half a dozen games under Martin O'Neill this is the first time he's playing un, under a manager that's given him a, f- a fair crack of the whip um, he was shipped out for the whole of last season so he didn't play any games for Sunderland last season um, he, he played the second half of uh, of the season when he arrived which was two years ago um, under Martin O'Neill and then Paolo Di Canio, um, and and so really this is this is the the first time he's, he's come into the side on his on his own 
on his own merit. So I'm prepared to give him a, a you know a fair shake. I guess the question you'd have to ask is if you didn't sign Altador that summer and Graham was your option and Graham had been given the amount of chances that Altador had been given, would Danny Graham have scored more goals than Josie Altador in that time frame? And I know it's revisionist, you you, you can't know that, but I'd be willing to bet a striker who scored 12 goals in a Premier League season um, probably would have. Yeah, yeah. Right, we'll never know. I, I, I go along that. I mean, you go back to Danny Graham's debut. I remember Danny Graham's debut at uh, at Reading on, mm-hmm. with Martin O'Neill, and um, you just think to yourself that uh, had uh, had things gone slightly different differently, he, two, he, he, he brought yeah. two, two great saves out of the goalkeeper. Had one of those gone in, we'd have been talking about a guy scoring on his debut, and he would have been the best thing since sliced bread, or you know, comparatively, um, you know, as it is here, we are two years on, and uh, he's not scored. What is about the system? Do you think Gareth it's working better? The the midfielders and the creative attacking players getting closer to the strikers. I think uh, it's just the fact that they're higher up the pitch. That I think the co- like it compresses everything a bit. So even someone like Brid could has to be involved further up. So he he doesn't have that pressure of trying to dictate dictate the game from a deeper area. Backed himself an assist as well. Yeah, he did. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, from inside his own kind half, of yeah. about three yards, didn't he? Um, but that you know, I think second half we did get a bit deeper, and sometimes you hear people make comments like, "Oh, he's got to sort out the negativity or whatever." In the second half, it's not negative. I think sometimes teams force you back, and there's going to be periods in games where you're going to have to defend. At the same time, the responsibility when the ball's cleared lies on the players to keep it, pass it, and they didn't really do that in the second half. Gave it away a bit cheaply. They weren't holding it. And that's where the press, pressure kept coming. I think the Swansea goal came from about a third, third or fourth phase of an attack. It got cleared, it came out again, cleared, came out again, and eventually we were so deep in our own box and they had so many bodies in there. I mean, if you watch the replay from one angle, Bridcut's actually turned around before the crosses come in. He's pointing at somebody. I think yeah. he's actually to say, pick him up. And he turns around, the ball's gone past him and he, he scored. So there was just a bit of a... You know, I thought it was a bit of a feeble effort from Van Aanholt actually on the cross as well. He sort of hung the leg out a bit. Yeah. But, yeah. Too but, easy. But you can't. I'm not going to criticise. It's our complacency he goes to here because we won, we've won a game, then we go one 0 up, and suddenly the players can I, think I they can think they can mm. subconsciously think they can switch off for a couple yeah. of minutes. I don't think they were complacent personally, but no, just in that impression. I think, I think it was more concentration against a team like Swansea that, that have a lot of the ball. You've got to stay switched on, and like you say, one slight mistake, not watching a ball coming in, and not stopping a cross, and you know, it, it ends up in the back of your net. That's what sounds sound like Sean Dyche, but he says after every Burnley game, doesn't he? <laughs> you get punished at this level for yeah. the mistakes. They ran it again the weekend, weren't they? Yeah, <laughs> I think they've. Uh, Jack was informed me before, and I didn't know this. That. Swan, uh, sorry, Burnley have got the top eight to play now in a row. Mm. The entire top eight in the league, so good luck with that. Yeah, <laughs> I think that might be a good night for them, possibly. It was important. James were mentioning playing further up the pitch, and it was imperative they did that as soon as Jermaine Defoe arrived at the club because you couldn't have him just standing there isolated and, and, the, and the rest of the players miles away from him, could you? No, I mean um, I've, I've written about this several times. Uh, um, in connection with the three-five-two that, that Gus tried, um, when you when Jermaine came 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 into the club, uh, it meant that there had to be a change of system. Um, he couldn't play as a lone striker, uh, you know, as, as Sunderland have played with with Fletcher or Wickham or whoever, um, you know, earlier in the season. They had to they had to 
bringing bringing a, a stripe partner, and that that meant the changing system. And Gus went three five two. It didn't work. And now we've got a different system, and that seems to work better. Um, but uh, but yeah, you, you're right. They had to play further up the field, and I think that's that's partly the idea um, with playing Virginia alongside uh, John O'Shea at the moment. They seem more comfortable as a pairing, playing higher up and pressing it into the into the midfield, as opposed to Wes Brown, who prefers to to stay a little deeper. From your vantage point, James, I don't know because at Fulham I was behind the goal, but I thought it was a diamond at Fulham. Pr- pretty much most of the time, right? What did did you think it was the same at Swansea or slightly different? Uh, it was kind of a. I described it as as as. Four one three two, with um, with Brigcup sitting in front of the back four. Gus described it today as four three one two, um, with, with Alvarez being the advanced midfielder and the other three in a line. So it, call it what you will, but but either, either way, you, you had a you had four men in midfield. You had you know one one in an advanced position or given license to to play more in a more advanced position. Alvarez and you had Brigcup dropping back. So I guess in that sense. The averages, let's call it a yeah. diamond. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And this, this was the important goal, Jack, for the four for me because the goal he scored against Burnley, yes, was here. He was in the right place at the right time. You know, he's that kind of centre forward. He knows where to be. But you still have the little problem there that you need to get the service to him. And one thing we debated when we signed him, whether he was the right kind of player for us, is somebody facing goal with a ball at his feet. You've got a chance, and it's, we've never had a striker who could, who could do that for years. Just somebody to get the shot away regularly. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like if you if you feed Defoe in and around the box, he's he's one of those selfish, self-minded strikers that's not going to be looking to other players to tip that one. He's going to be looking for goal. And, but like I mean, more say, importantly, not even inside the box on this. Exactly. Yeah, uh, outside the you know in and around. He said in and around. In, he, said in and around. <laughs> <laughs> he was around the box. <laughs> you know, like I say, like you mentioned, we haven't had a, pro- a striker that can you know willingly take shots on and get in those areas to. To shoot, and it, I think that's been partly Sunderland strikers' trouble at times. You know, that to try and the, the passing style of play, rather than sometimes going for it, and you know they've been looking for other players to almost not walk the ball in the net, but you know, not not going for it a little bit more. And as we saw on Saturday, Defoe gets one one chance and puts it in the net. Opens up for the rest of the players, Gareth, as well, isn't it? Because defenders start to worry about mm-hmm. him. Definitely. Well, he said afterwards he was just looking for that <laughs> half yard to get his shot away. And it was like, up for a split second, yeah, didn't it? But he made he made it. He shifted it, and then mm. he had the space. But he wasn't under. He didn't. He didn't. You know, what's the word? Like rush it or anything. He, it was. You know, he had all the time in the world before he struck it. Even though he's un, under pressure from two players. Um, so he kept backing off, didn't he? Yeah, yeah, yeah it, was, it, was, it wasn't the best defender. Like, yeah. yeah, but then you know, at the same time, you got to take advantage of that defender, and we yeah. haven't had players who who are willing to do that are capable. I think. Like you said, Stephen, that goal against Burnley was one side of Defoe's game. The tap-ins being in the right place at the right time. This is the other side. And the more important side. Someone who's going to drive at the box, have a shot on the edge of the box and maybe win you a game or get you a point in the game from that. And that's what we've seen um, on, on Saturday. It gives the whole place a lift, James, as well, doesn't it? It was one of those things we're trying to second-guess and we're trying to be positive about it. And uh, I think, as Gareth said there, he showed the two different kinds of goal he scored. And he showed that uh, we're going to want to be enthused and positive about it. Yeah, I mean, I was trying to work out when when Jermaine Defoe scored that that first goal uh, against Burnley. I was trying to work out who the last Sunderland player to score a tap in was. <laughs> I couldn't couldn't think of one off the top of my head. Um, normally, Sunderland in the last 
a couple of seasons seem to have had to work so hard for every single goal. Um, so it was it was good to see them create a chance and somebody be in the right place at the right time to to apply you know a simple finish. Um, that just goes to show what what the fours are all about. You know, very much like Darren Bent or you, Kevin Phillips, right place, right time. And, that, and if you if you're in the right place at the right time, it's it's a lot easier, um, you know, than than it would otherwise be. In it, it's it's an e- easy game if you're in the right place at the right time. We're in danger of being too positive again, eh, aren't we? <laughs> yeah. Well, uh, <laughs> Michael Proctor was saying on the show on Thursday that he was telling us after that his, his kid wants to fall on the back of his. Uh, he's got it. He sent me a picture. Right, yeah. oh, has he? Well, yeah. there you go. Uh, <laughs> so uh, that's that's a, that's the kind of uh, player that does excite you know young fans and that coming at the game. They want to see players like Defoe scoring goals and hopefully on Tuesday night, tomorrow night, as it stands there. Uh, you will uh, add to his tally. Mm-hmm. Well, we're going to come back and we're going to... Yeah. We're yeah. going to talk about uh, that QPR game where right, we're going to get carried away and think we're going to blow them away. We'll talk about how we're going to set ourselves up for a fall again and do it the, all, the normal Sunderland way. Yeah. yeah. We'll, we'll be talking to Steve Caldwell when we come back. Okay, Steve Colwell joins us now. He's our QPR guy. Uh, Steve, one place to start. Yep. Harry Redknapp, tell us more. Um, yeah, I, I, I'm of the. I'm one of the people that didn't want him to go. Um, I didn't want uh, Holloway to go. I didn't Warnock to go. I didn't actually even want Hughes to go. No, you're just I, too I, nice, then, Steve, aren't you? Well, I think we just get rid of people too quickly because it's that panic thing. And I, I think Fernandez does panic, and he, he reacts to fans messages on uh, Facebook and, and Twitter and it's, it's uh, I mean he's a lovely man and he cares about the club now definitely but he just panics and he listens to people too much and we all know that people that chat on places like that are the ones that have opinions and they're not always necessarily the right opinions so you know yeah well, I'm nice but I, I think we get rid of people too quickly do you, think he was close to get, do you think he was close to getting it right then, Steve? Because um, the home form was good, wasn't it? Oh, it is, rather. It is. I think he was. And we, we, we were desperately unlucky against Stoke. I mean, you know, we were 2-1 down, but we were really hammering them. And then they got the away goal, the, sort of the third goal in the, on the break. And it was like, it's one of those things that happen, isn't it? You, you're fighting for a match. At the end of the match, you're on top of them. And then the other team gets the away, the, 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 the extra goal that produces it, whether it's a draw or a win or whatever. Uh, and that happened. Uh, and there were a number of things. That was one of the, the things. Him going, Redknapp, uh, sorry, Redknapp going was one. And Saturday was the other one. I, I'm Mr. Depressed now. I'm, I'm so much more optimistic person than today. I'm not, sadly. <laughs> James, do you think this is uh, going to be a, a problem for Sunderland QBR? If they, if, they, if they get a manager in place before the game and gives the players a lift and stuff? That's like, interesting. Historically, uh, that works, doesn't it? Historically, yeah. it, it does, but um, I was looking there, this, um, QPR are saying now that they've, they've compiled a, a short list, but there's been no interviews to take place, so I don't think there's going to be anybody right, okay. in place by tomorrow. Um, you know, you, you've always got that new manager effect, haven't you? When somebody comes, mm. which I was—I just mentioned that to to Gus Poyet today down down in the uh, press conference, and 
he was saying, yeah, you can get this new manager effect for him. It lasted about 45 minutes at Swansea, he said. Uh, but at, uh, at Crystal Palace, uh, obviously, Alan Pardew won his first four games in charge. So I think he's quite re- relieved that, uh, that Sunderland aren't facing uh, a QPR with a new manager in, in post. I think mm. QPR have also got big problems on the injury front as well, which, which is going to be uh, probably an even bigger factor in the game tomorrow. Mm, Sun FM couldn't get anyone to the press conference today. I should have asked you to bring the audio in. Well, there Should've you been go. one step ahead there, really, <laughs> Gareth. I blame you for that. He's just looking at me confused. Um, Steve, Tim Sherwood, do yes. you think? Uh, well, we we are desperate to lose, obviously. There's no Austin playing tomorrow. So, um, you know, we've got... Um, God knows who's going to be in attack tomorrow. Uh, Charlie Austin's been the only play, person playing and scoring goals for us. And, and he's not even been doing that the last few matches. But then he missed a chance right now. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. To the end, very unlucky, you know, on Saturday. Uh, and so, I don't know, it's one of those things, you know when things always go wrong with you, for you that's what is happening at the moment. Uh, we've lost two defenders, important defenders as well, on your, on your own, um should never play it right back but he did sadly on Saturday uh, he should be playing centre half but now he's out for who knows how long three four weeks I don't know uh, Dunn's out for three months um, I'd imagine Rio Ferdinand's going to play on tomorrow I would guess uh, as, alongside um, the young lad and, and um, I don't know who's going to play I, I, we've got a, a really good left back young uh, international and he didn't play and I have no reason no one just Standard of why he wasn't even on the bench because uh, he's a decent left back and he always a knackered old man, really. Isn't he? <laughs> well, well, what's, what's happened with Rio Ferdinand? Because a lot of people thought that was a good signing for QBR. Well, Ferdinand, he, he played quite a few matches early in the season and he just didn't look up to the mark, basically. Uh, all, I can, all I've heard of. You've got problems if Clint Hill's keeping the other team, haven't you? Let's be fair. Yeah, yeah, definitely, yeah. yeah. We, we've, I don't know. Our defence. I would love it I mean, if we, we've got two proper full backs could play I and mean, we should never have got rid of Simpson and he went to Leicester <coughs> he was a proper right back we got rid of him uh, because we had this idea of playing Isla as right back as an attacking one and then we got rid of that having to be across the back and two wing backs because we just didn't cope with it we didn't have the players to do it uh, and a lot of that was to do with Ferdinand you know and uh, I don't know uh, Isla should be playing tomorrow I hope should be playing right back I, I would love Jan to play left back because he can actually play football. Um, 
don't know. It's hard to know. Cork are probably sent half with Ferdinand, I'm guessing. Yeah, the suggestion is that yeah. Real play tomorrow, yeah. Right, okay. I think, so. I think we've got no one else, unless Hill plays at half. Yeah. <laughs> but we've got no one else plays at half, yeah. Is, so, is, yeah. is the perception at QPR that, that um, Real Ferdinand sort of looked at, at QPR as a bit of a pension scheme? I don't think he did. I think he was just. I, th- I think he wanted to carry on. I think he wanted to go on playing. Uh, he obviously gets on well with, with Fednap. Yeah. But um, he, he's, he, he was just that little bit too towards the end of his career, as in over the hill in the top division. Yeah. Probably be great in the first, uh, sorry, yeah, championship or, or the first division, but um, in the Premier League, he's, he is just over it, really, you yeah. know. Yeah, I suppose, I suppose at Man United you can get away with it, can't you, because of the quality of the players around you, but... Yeah, yeah. and we were, I mean, at the beginning of the season, we, we just couldn't play that three at the back, it didn't work, yeah. you know, and, and, um, and he was integral to that idea, and it didn't work, so, therefore, Redknapp changed everything that was going on. Yeah. Um, I have no idea how, 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 I was actually out walking with my brother on Saturday, so I, I missed the match. All, all over the bash on Saturday, and um, but my, I looked into it. I looked at the, the team that started, and I had no idea why they started that team. It was an awfully balanced team. It was so badly balanced. So what was what was different than Port Redknapp? How how has it been set up differently tactically? Well, I, I, I seriously, I, it was like they wanted to change it, uh, and but nothing was really that very good. You know, it was it was I don't know, scary really what happened. Um, I, again, I don't know why Yum didn't play at left back. You know, Clint Hill is a lovely man. He plays his heart out and he cares a lot, uh, but he's just not up to it now. You know, again, another old man who's old. I say old is much younger than me, but older for a footballer who can't really do it at the top level. You know, he's not up to it at left back. And now fullbacks, a newer on new over should always be a centre half, not a right back. And the two fullbacks would be. In, Run around, yeah, by their their wingers on Saturday. Played all right, right back for us, didn't they? I, I like Ned Manure. I thought he had a good season for us. Seriously, a centre half, I would say. Now, mm. you know, he, he is a centre half. He can play it right back if he's got someone fast behind him in the centre half. But you know, with two, we had four centre halves on Saturday playing in the back four, <laughs> and you can't win matches with four centre halves in your back four. I still remember that, that goal he scored against Chelsea. Yeah, yeah but he took a little bit of style. Yeah. That's a nice memory, I must admit. <laughs> that is nice. Even for me, it's a nice memory just because it's against Chelsea. Of course. <laughs> yeah. But, yeah, he, he, and he's, he's a, I, I love him. I think he's a great player. But he should be centre half. He should, him and Corker should be our two centre halves. Yeah, I think, personally. The, the whole media and everybody think that Tim Sherwood will be the next manager, Steve. Do you think that's likely? Uh, he looks to be the favourite, and everything he read is he's the favourite. I, I read something he wanted more money, but he really wants to get back into football as well. So whether he'll hold out for more money or whether he'll go on and say, oh, I'll take it up then, uh, less money. Um, we are obviously having this problem that a lot of people do. We've been hindered by fair play rules and money and that. Uh, and, you know, there's that, hi- there's that history of us. Uh, a couple of years ago that if we do go down then we're going to get fined loads of money or just get kicked out of the league I mean all these rumours going around with the football league so we we have trouble keeping our money down because you know 18,000 in the ground we don't get the income yeah. <laughs> and, and therefore by the, the new new rules we have trouble trying to spend the money you know 
Would you be uh, happy with him as an appointment? Uh, he looks okay. Um, oh, I'm not grateful for him. I, I know. I, I don't know. I, I prefer Redham to stay personally. <laughs> but you know, you know, he's a, he looks a decent coach. Um, the lad who we've got now is a decent coach. You know, we've, there's coaches around that are okay. Um, I don't know. I just I don't know. <laughs> I, I'm in a quandary at the moment. I just don't know what's going on. It's like um, I, I, I when I saw I'm, I'm usually a very optimistic man, and um, when when I saw us him go Redknapp go, I thought, oh no. Then when I saw us lose that, oh that, the match before that, sorry, before he went, when when I saw us lose that match three one against Stoke, when we could have drawn it or won it, you know. And they got that goal right at the end, which messed us up. And then on Saturday, losing, you know, 89 minutes ago, and my brother looked on the internet and he said, oh, it's nil-nil. I said, that's it, they're going to win. <laughs> you just know it's going to happen. It's one of those matches, isn't it? Nil-nil. Yeah. And you go into extra time. And then they score like in the third minute of extra time. And Southampton won it. They're in, in a good vein of form. And we're not. <laughs> yeah. I, would, I, would, I would be enthusiastic about the fact that how um, downhearted you are about it, but I'm sure you predicted us to beat you down down your ground early in the season. You won that game, so I'm not going to read too much on that. If I'm being honest, <laughs> no, I'm seriously not very good. At it. <laughs> I'm not very really great. I mean, you know what I'm like. I'm a very optimistic person normally. Um, I'm not feeling so optimistic at the moment. Now. So you don't think you'll win tomorrow night, no? I tell you, if, if we win, I'll be the most happy person. Have you seen my posts on your Facebook page? Oh, I, I, I haven't looked actually. Oh, right. I, I've uh, <laughs> uh, Jake. Jake said to me, uh, uh, John, Jake, whatever you want to call him. He said to me, "Hell, it was you know, you you'll be okay. You've lost loads of games in a row. Then it's the sort of thing Sunderland are going to lose." And mm. I said, "Nah, <laughs> I really can't see it happening." Uh, I, I I, it's not like me. I'm usually a very optimistic man, but I, I, I can't see a lot coming out of this, really. We've got too many players out. Um, and from uh, Ramsey, sort of, the team he picked on Saturday, I can't see that he's going to improve anything. You know, maybe a new person coming in could do, but I can't see Ramsey doing it because his team on Saturday was so, so bad. So bad he mixed up but still we nearly got a point or three against Southampton you know and they're third in the league but I don't know that's my opinion (laughs) (laughs) thanks to Steve there as I mentioned I would be a little bit more enthusiastic about how downhearted he is but uh, he, he kept saying that he was a, an optimistic person, but I'm pretty sure he always predicts we'll beat them whenever he comes on, doesn't he? Pretty much, yeah. I <laughs> oh, I, actually, I think he predicted the three-one when they beat us. Yeah, I think he did. Actually, yeah. it was one of the fir- was he the first was guest we ever had? Yeah. I think he was the first guest we ever had on the Wise Men's yeah. podcast. I think it was just me, Stephen. Very prestigious, that isn't Cole it? Is. March sixth, I think it was. Oh God, I wouldn't, have, I wouldn't have known that. Kike, you got all the stats. Knowledge, <laughs> knowledge is power. Yeah, well, it really isn't because I know that. And I'm got no power. Alright, James, today, Gus Poyard has said Conor Wiggum is fit and ready. Will he come in at the expense of Danny Graham, do we think? Because I think, thinking long term, that's certainly the way he's going to go, I think. Yeah, it wouldn't surprise me. I don't think there's any rush to get get Conor 
back in, into the side just yet. I mean, and like I say, uh, Danny Graham was was perfectly capable against Swansea. Um, so I don't think that Connor will, will play unless he is absolutely 100%. Um, from what Gus was saying, though, he is 100%, so it wouldn't surprise me at all if that, that change is made tomorrow. It's interesting, Gareth. Steve said they played four centre-halves across a back four there. Now, you would want Connor Wigan maybe on that left position there, mm. getting in behind, wouldn't you, rather than Danny Graham. Somebody who can carry the ball. Well, I guess there's an argument to be said if you played the, di- the diamond or that one four one three two whatever you could probably get away with it more against QBR because they just got no width whatsoever like you say they play the, fo- the centre backs at full back and they also play central midfielders in wide areas so it's all very narrow for them naturally so you could probably get away with that with the, with the full backs bombing on I think would be okay and that's as, as I said earlier I think that's why if, if we replicate what we did at Fulham um, and bring essentially Larson for Gomez and um, it would be Johnson for Jacarini and then play Alvarez where he played I don't think you'd be too far away from a team that could easily beat QPR if they were po- you know talk about being positive they've proven that they can play that way I know we played we're only playing Fulham but in my opinion that was as good as we looked on the ball in a long time um, months um and I think there's no reason why they shouldn't go back to that at home against QBR and I wouldn't be surprised if he did and I think he'll keep Graham in as well Will Gus go Johnson and Alvarez James? Um, it's a good question uh, I mean Gus has said that the two can play to, together um, You just think with, <laughs> I mean, it's just a far cry from where we were before isn't it when now suddenly everybody was talking about how cautious we were setting up and yeah. now you're talking about the prospect of Alvarez and Johnson both playing two centre forwards being on yeah. the pitch at the same time how are you going to fit all this creativity into <laughs> yeah. the team you know um, it's, it's, it's difficult I mean me personally I would play either or um, Alvarez or, or Johnson um, but you know that's just my personal preference it doesn't mean that, uh, that Gus will go the same way he, he believes that the two of them can play together um, but he doesn't like to give too much away about exactly what so team he's going to go with so would you keep the same team do you think? Um, phew, um, by you're saying there's no rush for Wickham to come back in, and yeah, then, no, then he would have a decision to make for Alvarez or Johnson, perhaps. Yeah, uh, th- that would be that would be the only uh, th- that would be the major selection decision, wouldn't it? There, um, whether, whether you play Alvarez or, or Johnson. Um, so, I mean, well, they're your two decisions, aren't they? Graham or Wickham and uh, Alvarez or, or Johnson. It seems like Gomez in the system, Jack. Yeah. I'm not too sure about Gomez, to be honest. I Gus mean, does though, doesn't he? Because uh, like yeah. we we spoke before, Grafton, and we said like if we were going to play a diamond, you can you can you can see why Gomez would be selected. I just think he's, he slows the whole play up. Do you know? What I mean, you're trying to be you're talking about being positive and you know really going for it against a team with a terrible away record, and then to me you want to be you want to be quick, you want to be attacking, you want to be positive, and you put someone like Jordi Gomez in, and I just think he he slows it up. You know, and he, he takes too long, and he, he's more of a hindrance than anything else. But like you say, Gus seems to like him, so he'll probably he'll probably start him again tomorrow. Like he holds the ball though. He holds the ball. He looks after it. He very rarely gives yeah. it away. I'd be surprised pick, if he plays at Bradford with the state of that pitch. Uh, <laughs> yeah, he can pick a pass too. Don't forget that. It was his ball over the top for uh, Van Anholt. Yeah. You know, for for Defoe's first goal, he's, he, the number of times he slides the ball, um, yeah. you know, inside the fullback for for Van Anholt coming through. You know, he's, he's quite quite a, a, a threat there. He, he can play that that sort of killer pass. Uh, I take your point. He's not he's not blessed with great pace, but he's not in the team to do that. So uh-huh. I mean, neither Sablas, and you know, he's not blessed with great pace either. Got a stat here that oh. was presented to me by. I wonder what you were doing there. <laughs> Stephen underscore one underscore ten. 
and I said I'd mention it if something didn't lose at the weekend and it didn't but he said that or if they won I guess it would have been relevant um, but it has Gomez started all of our wins this season Palace, Newcastle, Leeds, Burnley and Fulham mm. and he has well there you go then it's Jordi Gomez and 10 others isn't it <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah. How many of the games have you been in when we've lost? That's the question. Yeah. I guess he'd have to. Uh, well, you know. Does, do you think? Everyone, cause, cause do you think Poyet almost wants to slow it down a little bit? If we're talking about some of these players now, he, he likes to. Yeah. Because he, he doesn't like someone to move the ball that quickly, mm-hmm. does he? He doesn't like, doesn't like the harem scarum thing. Mm-hmm. He, he, yeah. he, he like he likes to. You know, in an ideal world, he'd like to be playing possession football, knocking it around uh, in much the same way that Swansea do now. You know, Swansea Swansea where some. He, <laughs> Swansea are where Gus would like Sunderland to be, um, but they're obviously a few few years down the line. Um, so they're a very similar template, I think. I, don't know. I think if you're playing further up the pitch, then and you've got composure on the ball, and it's not so much a problem when you're asking players to do things from deep that they can't do. That's when it becomes a problem, and I think maybe that's what I've seen with people like Gomez and Bridcut. Now, if they're further up, they're a bit more of a threat, but. I still, I'd still, if you're going to pick a player who, yes, to be fair to Gomez, he has played some decent balls through and he's and he's, he's scored some goals. But if you're going to pick teams who are going to players who you'd think are going to pick teams apart, that's who you want to be in the team. Johnson and Alvarez and Jack Arini would probably be ahead of him in that respect. Um, how you get them into the team is another thing. But it, you so saw. Did you say you would take Gomez out and put John? I would put. Uh, I would the, I would play the the diamond um, based on what so against Fulham. So Johnson where Jackarini was. Johnson goes where Jackarini so is. Who for and, Gomez? And Larson for Gomez. Oh, because Larson didn't play against yeah, Fulham. Yeah, so mm. that would be my choice. I'd, I'd stick with Graham as well. Um, not that Wigan, you know, doesn't deserve to be in on the last couple of games. I think it's going to be Paul his 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 running with the ball. I think Maybe, against, yeah, against the, this back line, this could be like if he was fit. I'd play with him. But that's if, the thing if he's fit. If he's fit, if yeah. he, only if he's 100%, like if he's saying um, 70, 80%, you're better off starting Danny Graham. Then he's got a decision to make on the bench. Yeah. Because if you start, it, I can't see him starting Graham one week and then dropping him completely the next. No. No. Is he going to put, you know, two strikers I on the I don't know, you never know with Gus. Because <laughs> remember when Alador put in um, on the match performance at St James, isn't it? And he was dropped from the yeah. Cup final squad mm. altogether, wasn't he? Well, that was like a month. Though, a month's difference. But he had a month to go wrong. Was it a month later? Well, yeah, it was February. I think we only played a couple of games. They yeah, only played they two play. league games yeah. in between. They went smashed for yeah. one. I Which I wouldn't blame him for. But even if you're not named on the bench these days, it's no, it's no big hurdle, is it? Mm. I mean, given Sunderland's current record and losing players in the warm-up, if you if you're in the match day squad, you might get on the bench. Mm-hmm. You know, anyway. Mm. That is a point yeah. about the uh, two calf injuries to, uh, well, the. To Wickham and uh, Riviera, wasn't they? Uh, no, uh, well, it was Riviera at was Newcastle, a, and yeah. then uh, Wickham and um, Jackarini. I thought Jackarini had a knock from Fulham, though. Didn't he did, he? he did, but he declared himself fit to play, and everything was fine. And then he felt it, he felt it, he felt it again in, <laughs> in the warm up. Did his declaration in yeah. the warm up? <laughs> yeah. So that's so that's how that came to be. He was on the original team sheet and uh, didn't emerge. Would you play Johnson and Alvarez, Jack? Um, against QBR, I would. I, I, I wouldn't be. 
one that would do it every week is you know you've got to get the balance right in a team if you've got two up front and then you've got two players like mm. that that are creative very open on the ball like a goal forward I think against QPR you know we've really got to be going for it there's not many opportunities you'll not get many better opportunities to win a whole match than you will tomorrow team that are you know they've lost I think it's a 10 or 11 away Sunderland matches Sunderland always have these opportunities yeah, and, they are, and they always blow to it. be fair you bang on like, but yeah. uh, we need some really momentum don't we because yeah. we haven't uh, have, it's been very frustrating it's been difficult to watch at times because you win a game uh, you win a couple of games and you start talking and getting positive and then you just, they, they go out and they just don't yeah. turn up I know you, like I say it's almost too good to be true it's all set up you know excellently they've got a poor away record two or three injuries you would say home win but as we all know it's something we're talking about would do a flat performance aren't we? so well like I, I'd agree with the point that against QBR I think you can play Alvarez and Johnson but you know you go to Old Trafford and the likelihood is you won't do yeah. that um, but that's you know did a bit for the echo that went out of Dane basically made that point that Defoe while he hasn't grabbed games by the scruff of the neck and dictated games he's changed he's changed Sunderland by simply being there yeah. because we've had to accommodate him and as a result things have come out of it we've, we've developed new ideas um, new ways of playing and now we've got options to apply that across across the board so I don't know I'm not going to say that you know because I don't know if that was a plan all along or what or you know the managers got lucky or something they've got lucky or whatever but it's working and now they've, they've got opportunities to, to chop and change teams based on the opposition and the accusation's always been levelled that we don't do that enough and now we've done it so just have to hope it works Any more curveballs or surprise inclusions you would make? <laughs> no, not really, no, no. <laughs> Revier obviously keeps his place No Christmas tree for me <laughs> No, no, I think... Uh, Billy Jones is fit again is for tomorrow, tomorrow night. He's um, not going to change that. I, no, I, I, yeah. I don't think he will, but I'm just saying that yeah. he's, he so is, back four, he is in, itself, same back four. in the. Yeah, he, but back I'm just five. saying that Jones is in, mm. is in the equation. Uh, Buckley is out and Jacarini out. Catamall obviously out. Rodwell, big question mark. Um, but Gus is, Gus is saying if everything goes according to plan and nobody suffers any new uh, injuries, he could have everybody fit by West Brom a week on Saturday. Okay. Well, I think Ravier as well. I think deserves a, a special mention. Just, I think he's. Well, it was a little bit up in the air whether he could you know, get forward as a right back because we only saw him yeah. filling in as a left back, didn't we? Where yeah. he was, everybody was saying, how, how, you know, he was doing okay there as well as could be expected. But we're finally seeing him in his position now, and he's proven. Yeah, you mean he looks about twenty-five, doesn't he? Uh-huh. He, he does. Yeah. He's up there with a, a bold, I would say, in terms of somebody who. You know, has played at the top level for that length of time to come in and, and look as good as a as a foot like a quality footballer, mm. like a technical, you know, top class footballer. And I think it was one of the best bits of business we've done in recent yeah. times. To be honest, not only the fact that it was on a free, but we think it was halfway well, not halfway through the season, but it was well into the season. So, and he came and slotted straight in. You know, well, you might have thought not he only would... slotted out of position. You know, yeah. twenty five minutes he played at right back before he got shifted because of yeah. an not being injured. a palace, yeah, and he's been. Played at left back, looked great. Played at right back, and he looks excellent. You I might mean, think he would take a while to get used to the, no. the speed of the Premier League, but he's just yeah. straight away he looked like he'd been playing there we've for had, a few years. We've had some players over the years like that who've come in, like people like Zenden, yeah. Schwartz, and all. He wasn't as old as um, those sorts of players when he signed, but you see them and 
like when Zenden went, God, we missed him. Yeah. His presence around, yeah. around, you know, the dressing room, obviously, and on the pitch when he played. And he's dancing that like he did at Chelsea and yeah. <laughs> But I mean, he, he was a, like a top, like a potential, like top class, world class player yeah. playing at World Cups for Holland. And you got, I think, you, you know, you got to enjoy those players when they come to yeah. Sunderland. I think we've got one now in Riviera. If he's here for another eighteen months, and I think people will talk about him for years to come as one of the players who came and would come into that bracket. It'd be, it's, it'd be great if uh, if they did sign him up for for another year, yeah. certainly because uh, if you think about it, when he when he arrived, I didn't know anything about him really. When he arrived, you know, you you know how old he is and you know where he's come from. But I looked at it and thought, well, he's going to be, you know, a player a bit like Andre Dosena at the end of his career here, just in case. And he's proved to be so 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 much more than that, hasn't he? Quick prediction from Pickford. Um, I'm going to say three nil to Oh God, that, that's optimistic. Defoe's just like I think Defoe's just going to explode tomorrow, <laughs> and then everyone's going to be like getting back in the England squad. Him and Harry Kane up front, and it's too much positivity going on here. Like, yeah. And then uh, at the end of the month, it'll just be like we'll get beat off West Brom, <laughs> we lose to Bradford, and then it'll be like the you know we'll be on the that's what happened in it, Sunderland. I'm going to go two nil. 2-0 I'll go 1-0 Defoe 1-0 So come on see 2-0 I think 2-0 I think we will be alright I think we will be alright which means we won't be Back on Thursday for the dissection of the (laughs) disgraceful defeat Mm. Uh, the inquest but um, just finally before we go just acknowledge Nick Sharkey who passed away today Uh, thoughts go out to his family Um, 62 goals 117 games so very prolific uh, scored five against Norwich and seven one win one. So I was only with him in a, at an event two months ago. It's the only time I've ever met him, but he was a lovely bloke. So sad. sad yeah, news. fantastic guy. I had the privilege of um, uh, interviewing him a couple of times uh, through the former players' association at the uh, yeah. annual golf day down at Ramside. Uh, just a lovely, lovely man. Um, you know, I'm very, very sad to hear that today. I didn't even know, realise that he was ill. I've, I've subsequently found out that he was only uh, diagnosed with, with, with cancer just a couple of weeks ago. Um, so it has obviously happened very, very quickly. Uh, very short illness, and um, I'm very sorry. And uh, yeah, you know, I'd just like to say I'm thinking of his family. Okay, thanks for listening. Over and out. <laughs>